0: Percy, why do you think people keep secrets, and how does this apply to those living with cancer? Well, Wayne, uh, my life experience has taught me that there are
1: three primary reasons that I think people keep secrets. Number one, guilt. Mm-hmm. Number two, shame. And number three, distrust. Okay. And as it relates to the cancer community specifically, it's most likely lack of confidence of how others will respond to you once that information is made public. We probably should talk about this today.
0: And we will. Today we'll hear from a minister of the gospel who intentionally did not tell members of his church he had cancer, and shockingly, he'll tell us why. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Come join us now. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McRae, Pastor P, who is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and your good friend is going to rejoin us here on the program again today. Yeah, my friend and my brother, as I like to
1: say, uh, dear, dear, dear person that I met many years ago at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, who's in the ministry now. He's going to help us understand Uh, Maybe shockingly for some, uh, why he did not have a discussion with his local church that he had been a member of for years and still is today and serving there. He decided not to tell them that he had cancer when he was originally diagnosed, and he's going to tell us why.
0: We'll learn the reasoning behind that move. All right, well, that's (laughs) coming up in a few moments as Daniel Horton joins us once again here. He's been with us in the past on the program, and we've invited him back, so stay tuned for that conversation. And this whole experience of, uh, you know, holding secrets about uh, our cancer diagnosis prompts the question of the week, which is, have you ever hidden or kept information from people, and why? Have you ever hidden or kept information from people and why? Would you take a moment and think that through and dialogue with us on it through our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect. The drop-down menu will give you a chance there to answer the question of the week, and we truly appreciate it. Have you ever hidden or kept information from people and why? Percy, I know you carefully read each of the responses, and, uh, boy, sometimes they're so encouraging. Sometimes they kind of break your heart, don't they?
1: Yeah. And we want honest uh, response and organic thought, just as the show is, it it is to stimulate that type of uh, energy. And so with that being said, uh, we have an answer and a response to a previous question that we asked. And that question was, have you ever struggled to forgive someone or yourself? And what was the clinical clinical benefit once you were able to do so? And we have a respondent from Tampa, Florida that said this. Many years ago, I experienced abuses by a trusted family member as a child and never had proper closure. As an adult, I've been on a cancer journey for a while now, and I realized through counseling that much of my journey toward mental, emotional, and potentially physical healing required me to somehow find a way to forgive my abuser. Mm. Unfortunately, that individual now has passed away, before I could even confront them. But also through counseling, I learned forgiveness is not receiving acknowledgement or an apology from your offender or for their benefit. But forgiveness freed me from my mental and emotional pain that created constant anxiety and stress in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if holding on to years of negative energy contributed to getting cancer, but it certainly did not help. I decided for my own best interest to simply make a conscious decision in my heart to let go of all the anger, animosity, and vengeance. Wow! I'm still in the midst of my cancer battle, but I'm very much at peace with my past and seemingly am progressing with
0: my treatment. That is so important,
1: isn't it? What did you think when you read that? Well, and I've, I've had opportunity, obviously, to spend time with individuals who, for one reason or another that um, you know, they needed to confront and address the dynamic of forgiveness either for themselves or for other individuals that have done something to them. And again, I think for many people, and it was addressed here, forgiveness is not necessarily for the benefit of the person that you are forgiving. It's really for the benefit is for you. Yeah. Ultimately at the end of the day, it releases you and it frees you from the bondage of the effects of whatever took place. And that's important because a lot of people can harbor uh, ill will or or negative emotions about something that happened. And ultimately it is harming them. And that person has gone on about their life doing whatever, but you are the one that are suffering from that. And so we know biblically also that the Bible says that you know there's a precedent for us to be willing to forgive and it helps to heal and soothe us and bring us to a place where we can move on and not allow that baggage to be, uh, to carry us into a place of negativity and bog us down. So it's important that we all address that in our own personal life.
0: We've all heard it many times, but it is true. And I think we need to hear it again, that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It really harms us.
1: That is correct. That is a great way to state it, Wayne, because at the end of the day, Ultimately, we are the ones that are basically going to pay the consequence for unforgiveness. So we benefit from that at the end of the day.
0: See how we learn from our listeners. That was a Uh, wonderful response. Thank you for sharing that information with us. And I hope you'll answer this week's question when you go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. We'll meet our guest in just a moment. But before we do, Percy, would you share some scripture with us? I have a great passage of scripture that'll
1: help establish this conversation for today. It is Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 24. And it tells us this Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25 not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. This scripture is going to help us to understand what we should and where we should be as a body of believers in surrounding one, particularly under the set of negative circumstances.
0: We'll meet our guests in a moment. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling this phone number, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Center of America uses a patient centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We're about to get a dose of inspiration right now as we hear from our guest, and here's Percy.
1: Hey, 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 I'm excited again to be back with you on another segment of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And, um, you know, we've we've talked with this gentleman before. He's a dear friend of mine's. And, you know, when we got finished with our first segment that we did, we, we, we were talking and then we were like, man, there's probably some more things that we probably need to kind of record an interview. And he said, yeah, I've got some other things I'd like to talk about. And so we're going to talk about today with Reverend Daniel Horton. Uh, He is a 14-year prostate cancer survivor treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago. Uh, Many years ago, he's been cancer-free several years now. And since all of that time, he's now, uh, he's in the ministry, he's been ordained and licensed, and he works within his local church. And the way I want to set this conversation up, first and foremost, Reverend Danny, welcome back to the show. How you doing, brother?
2: I'm actually, I'm glad to be back with you on this program. I'm getting excited all over again.
1: Well, good. I'm gonna give you something more to get excited about because if I, I wanna set this conversation up this way, and you'll you'll remember this. You you have uh invited me to come out to your local church with your 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 dear pastor who you had served for so many years and he was so gracious yes. and kind. And at this particular time, talked about the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program here on Health, Hope and Inspiration many times. And the early iteration of Our Journey of Hope, uh, You know, I would go out to local churches across the United States and I would kind of do a presentation to talk about cancer, how to support cancer patients, things that we felt that the local church just simply was not uh, aware of or did not have availed to them certain information. And we did that for many, many years. And you were one of the first churches. So let me first say thank you that invited me out to uh, the local congregations. We no longer do that now. We do do all of the Our Journey of Hope uh, free cancer care leadership trainings virtually free online uh, via Zoom. And for anyone that's interested, please go to ourjourneyofhope.com and you can see our schedule uh, and when those uh, next uh, training sessions will be made available that you or a representative of your local church can sign up free of charge to receive free a cancer care leadership training on how you can start a cancer care ministry in your local church. But Reverend Danny, you were one of the first people that said, man, what you're trying to do is important. I'm going to talk to my pastor and see if I can get you to come out to our local church in Detroit and do a presentation. And sure enough you did. And I remember the day that I came and I set up my PowerPoint presentation. And just before uh, you introduced me to the, to the congregation, You whispered in my ear and you said this is going to be the first time that the general population of the church is going to hear that I am a cancer patient. I have purposefully not told them. So only my pastor and maybe one or two other people know. But the rest of the congregation has no idea uh, that I've been treating for cancer. Uh, I want to first set this conversation up and I want you to give a thorough explanation of why. Uh, Because I know you love your local church, as so many people do, and you've been there for years and you've been serving your pastor. Why is it that you felt that you did not want to tell the local congregation at that time that you had cancer? What
2: was the reasoning for that? Uh, You know, it's it's very simple. Uh, A a lot of people uh, hear the word cancer and they automatically uh, prepare you for uh, your demise. And I was not going, I wasn't checking out. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure they understood that. And uh, I'm I told my wife, don't you tell anybody that I have cancer, don't tell them that I'm going to the hospital every week. They didn't know nothing. And they were shocked to find out that I had been treated for cancer for eight, almost nine weeks. Wow. Because during the week they thought I was at work and I was at work at, at the hospital yeah. they tr- treated. But I did not want to uh, do that any other way. And one of the reasons we do that is because sometimes as good Christian folks as we are, we bury somebody before it's time. And we also don't give them the hope that they need. I didn't want to uh, alarm anybody. And um, it is it is true that most people in church do not know how to treat a cancer patient. And so... Uh, they experience the fact that they're actually doing more harm than help because they're praying for them in in, a, in an adverse way, if you want to put it that way. Okay. Because they're not, they're not giving them the hope. They're giving them, well, well, you know, you're going to be all right, but, you know, and you may check out, but God's got you. No. I'm planning on living. Okay. And I didn't want them to bury me before time. And a lot of churches bury the people before time. And so this journey of hope is serious. Your background says health, hope, and inspiration. I wanted to be healthy, number one. Number two, I wanted to give them hope that you can survive through cancer. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be an inspiration to my church without me checking out. And And so uh, so
1: on that note, so again, because I want to make sure I don't lose this thought because it's interesting. And over the years, as you know, I've spoken to hundreds and in hundreds of churches and you know radio tv etc uh and one of the things that was unique about there's so many things that's unique about Reverend Daniel Horton so many I could I could do two shows about the uniqueness of Reverend Daniel which is why I love you but one of the things that was so unique about your story to me I had never ever heard anyone who was so uh deeply entrenched uh, in their local church, love their local church, committed to their local church, served the way that you served your local church over the years. And you still serve them even to this day who felt so disconnected from the idea of as much as I love my local church. I'm not comfortable in telling members of my local church that I have cancer. And again, because of the fact that they are not equipped mentally or emotionally or even to a spiritual experience extent to be able to respond to me correctly the way that I want to be responded to and I cannot afford to have anyone inject any type of negative dynamic in me as I am fighting this and that's with inside of your local congregation I thought that that was an amazing thing I'd never heard that before Reverend never
2: yeah I I thoroughly agreed that uh, they should know and because um, my wife was at home by herself during the week and she was concerned about me, but I was, I was concerned. But more, more importantly, I didn't want them to, I do not want them, her to be worried about what was going on. And I knew God had this thing yeah. wrapped up. Yeah, and I, I had a, a total faith in, in in the people that I was working with. But I wanted the church to learn how to communicate to other people that may even have cancer. Don't hinder them with with a bad thought, but to help them understand that God and clinical good clinical uh training will get this person through and they'll survive
1: and so on yeah so on that note then reverend so that the the key point here that i want to try with with just the little time that we have is that so our journey of hope is a free cancer care leadership training program and it has evolved over the years we've we've now trained well over three thousand churches in every on every and churches on every continent of the united states of america so with that um, why is it that you think that local churches struggle or have struggled with the conversation of cancer and not knowing what to say? They just don't know what to do. Why is that
2: in your opinion? Uh, because, because people are so that uh, they get to what they, they get to the disease, if you want to call it that and the outcome of most people. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily have to be the outcome. If you trust God, and you trust what you're going through. Uh, faith in God is is very very important, but understanding how to exercise your faith is even more important. Yeah. And I was trusting God that I said, "Wait a minute, this is your body. You gave it to me. Yeah. Uh, I got a little issue, but if you heal some other if you heal some other people, you can heal me too." And I had the faith, but I didn't want them to poison that thing. Yeah. By saying anything that would take me off my game.
1: Right. And so on that note, uh, you know, one of the one of the many chapters of our journey of hope is one of them is what is cancer? We have a specific chapter that basically helps people to understand what the disease is so that they can at least face it and, and, and not be afraid of it. And then kind of go into kind of this negative space as a now former cancer patient and now a minister of the gospel. Um, what is it that you think is important for people of faith? to understand and know in moving forward. You're told that you have cancer, okay? Uh, You need to get a good clinical treatment plan, someone that you trust, obviously, and you need to obviously exercise your faith. Um, How important is it, in your opinion, to be able to be surrounded by people that will help encourage your faith versus the opposite?
2: It is so important uh, that you keep, uh, the person, the people that you're around will make, uh, will make or break you. And that's, that's real life. You have to be inspired and they don't need to be, um, and this is not, this this, this may be a bad word, but I think they don't need to be downers. They need to be uppers. Okay. And they need to be lifting you up all the time, trusting that God's going to give you the strength, but you need to keep the strength in yourself saying that I know I'm going to make it through and, uh, if anybody's got that negative attitude, I don't need to be around that person. I need to be far away from that person because I got to stay focused. And I got to, this is something is my battle, and you're me through it by praying and and encouraging me. But I got to stay focused. And if I can't stay focused, I need to make sure the people around me are focused. And those are my help. When I need to, when I need a little prayer, okay, I, I, I need to, I need to call somebody. I got you, brother Horton. Uh, let's pray about it. And I know God's going to heal you that's the kind of attitude you need to be around. Not to, well, you know, so-and-so didn't make look, I don't need to hear that. I need to know that we're gonna be okay. And I need to stay focused on that.
1: You know, one of the points that you raise and it's interesting, one of the segments out of the Our Journey of Hope training curriculum uh, that we teach is, you know, don't give, cancer patients horror stories about bad things that happen to other cancer patients. So, right. yeah, so, which is the point that you just made at the end of the day. And, and let's be clear. And I want to be fair and balanced. Uh, and I've been doing this long enough that I've seen both sides of the equation. You know, there are times when individuals for various different reasons and, you know, that's not this show. That's not what we're focused on today, that for various different reasons may not survive a bout of cancer. At the, e- at the end of the day, though, that when we're talking about from a faith perspective and a faith community perspective, when we're when when people come and, and they put their faith and their trust in you as a fellow uh, church member, what they don't need is to hear horror stories or negative stories. Or 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 bad stories of what happened to, you know, brother Joe or sister Jane, because everybody's cancer journey is unique and everybody's cancer journey is different. And at the yeah. end of the day, you know, if you can't be encouraging, you know that. But please don't give them anything more negative to ruminate on because they're already fighting through enough negative challenges. So I'm hearing you say that, you know, the church needs to be careful in and not. Uh, polluting and and spreading further negative thoughts because they're already challenged as it is.
2: Absolutely. Okay. I think uh, a lot of churches, they mean well. They really do. But the uh, the problem is they don't have the the expertise on how to translate
1: that. Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. And they need to learn. And that's what the journey hoped. Uh, when they came to our church, I personally went to several other churches and said, y'all need to take this training. And they went out and got the training, and it helped those other churches because they had some members in those churches that also have been able to be healed, but they got the right way to train people and to say it to the person while they're in the congregation. And the Journey of Hope just really helped a lot of people. And I can't tell you how many churches I sent, sent you guys to. I just can't remember. But I know quite a few people were blessed because of the fact that you came, they were free and they got the information.
1: Well, and and let me say I've always, you know, you know this cuz we we've, we've had how I don't know how many dinners and lunches we've ever had, you know, when we've gotten together. And I thank you for that endorsement. You know, that program now has literally gone around the world, literally, and it is still in operation. And the thrust at the end of the day is simply equipping God's people to be able to have this conversation in a way that, you know, we're not saying that, you know, you are you are going to be guaranteed on, know how, on knowing how to heal someone. That's not what this training right. does at all, but is how to support someone along the way that will give them hopefully the opportunity uh, to be encouraged and to and to and to stay tapped into and locked into the possibilities as they go through. Because we know cancer has a lot of highs and lows to it at the end of the day. But along the way, we can be a, a, a support that can aid and assist people. And that's what I'm hearing you say. And that was one of the reasons why you were hesitant uh, in not telling your membership. Uh, That you had long standing with that you had cancer. And I I really can't respect and appreciate that Um, With that being said today, you know, here we are for you 14 years later. You're thriving. You're surviving There's no evidence of disease Uh, As we talked about in our previous conversation, you know, you've uh, you're an avid juicer You you believe in taking care of the temple Um, Today as you now minister to people What would you say to anyone that you come in contact with that that may be told, hey, you know, I have cancer or I may or I'm supporting. I have a a mom, a dad, a cousin. You know what? How do you now support people uh, through this process now that you're on the other side of the table?
2: Well, two things. Number one, uh, I had a friend of mine recently call me uh, just a couple of days ago. He said, Dan, I've been diagnosed with cancer. um cancer and I say, well he said, didn't you have cancer? I said I did. And I say, I, I would recommend that you get a second opinion before you make any decisions. Okay. I say where where I went was the Cancer Treatment Center of America. I said that's where I went. However, I want you to get a second opinion and don't make a decision until you get a second opinion. Make sure your wife is there so you can understand how the process works. And Also pay attention to to the people that you're talking to and how they present themselves to you. Hmm. That makes a huge difference in how you feel as a patient, as well as a, uh, client of that particular facility. I knew at CTCA, I felt like I was right at home. Uh, I could, I, I felt comfortable. I had a chance to meet incredible people. Uh, the food was awesome. I enjoyed my stay there and say, so when you can say you can enjoy your stay in the hospital, that's something to behold. Yeah.
1: Well, again, let me say as a friend and, and one who has known you for many, many years, I thank God for your life. I thank God for your story. I thank God for your journey. And now I thank God for your ministry. And so today uh, you have heard from uh, my friend. I can say my friend, Reverend Daniel Horton from Detroit, Michigan, who is now, a 14-year, as of this recording, a 14-year prostate cancer survivor and thriver, and now out preaching and ministering and supporting cancer patients Uh, thank you so much for deciding to stay on the planet. You didn't leave before your time, even though it may have been suggested to you. You said, nope, I'm sticking around for a little while. (laughs) Sticking around.
2: I got to hang out for the party. (laughs) (laughs) This is Reverend Daniel
1: Horton. He says he's got work to do and he's staying around for the party. How about you? Take care. Have a great day. Thank you, my brother. Let's stay in touch with each other and we'll talk real soon. God bless you. Thank you again.
0: It's so much fun to hear Percy talk with our brother Daniel Horton here. You guys feed off each other, don't you?
1: We do, and we've known each other a long time. We've had a lot of lunches and dinners together. I've spent time with him in in Detroit and Illinois, and I I, I love Reverend Danny. Uh, He's just a dear, precious soul, and he's a sincere brother for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, it's obvious how important our journey of hope is, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. But first, I want to mention that we have a free resource to offer to anyone who's listening today. And you can print this off and share it right now from our website, Cancer Care Ministry and Your Church, which is a big part of what uh, Reverend Daniel talked about. It actually
1: is. And he's part of the history of of our journey of hope and what motivated this resource, because uh, as we heard the story, obviously, Uh, You know, uh, the way that I was introduced to his local church was when I was traveling about uh, in the early, early, early days, you know, presenting a a PowerPoint presentation about our journey of hope. Uh, Again, you know, encouraging and stimulating the local body of Christ to consider uh, kind of being organized around this conversation. This resource will give you some starting points to think about and to consider and looking at what is a cancer care ministry and how that can look inside of your local congregation. And it is my bias and personal opinion that every local church should have some sort of emphasis of health care ministry and specifically be able to talk about cancer, given the fact that it's the number two killer uh, uh, among health yeah. uh Uh, maladies in our country, and so we need to be more prepared to be able to support people appropriately. So this document will give you some things to think about and some conversations to be able to hold and talk about with regard to cancer care ministry in your local church.
0: Yeah. Just look around your church. Undoubtedly, there's someone who's suffering either themselves from cancer or they're a caregiver to someone with a cancer, so why not have a ministry inside the church? Well, this information is available, this free resource at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right. You talked about our journey of hope with uh, Daniel Horton here today. Let's lay out the details of how this works. And there's been some changes because it's gone online primarily. Has it, it
1: has, particularly because of COVID. You know, we all went indoors and, you know, basically became virtual and to a certain extent still are doing so by and large. Uh, our journey of hope uh, is laid out to be, number one, a free, F-R-E-E, free program program of uh, an organized and structured curriculum to empower and to equip and to engage the local faith community churches specifically to start cancer care ministries inside of their local congregations uh, and to your point uh, just because of the proliferation of numbers that we have uh, from the american cancer society and etc cetera, etc cetera, uh, i believe the last set of numbers that i looked at 39.5 percent of men and women are potentially estimated to be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lifetime. That's a large number. And so there's a percentage of those people, Wayne, that are sitting inside of local churches who are struggling and in some cases are being ignored, not consciously, but because of lack of being equipped to respond to them appropriately with regard to practical ministry. so our Journey of Hope was designed to fill that gap and to, and to close that gap so that we as the body of Christ would not be left in a place where we were not equipped to be able to support those. As Danny, Reverend Danny talked about, I, and I remember the day uh, I'm about to present, you know, I'm opening up my PowerPoint presentation. And he's he's getting <laughs> ready to introduce me and he whispers in my ear literally minutes before uh, I'm to speak. And he said, this is going to be the first time that my local congregation wow. has ever heard that I have cancer because I was afraid that they would not be equipped. And that they would not respond to me appropriately. So I kept that to myself. That should never be a statement of anyone inside of the local church of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: And there's no excuse now because we have a program like Our Journey of Hope to educate all of us uh, in churches about what we can do to minister to each other during that time of a cancer crisis in our life. So what are the details? How does this all work? Um, Is it a one-time event? Actually, it is a one-time event, and so it's a it's a
1: it's two half days that individuals, uh, again at this point, virtually via Zoom, that you can register free of charge. Everything is free, and that we have a curriculum. It's eight chapters that we present that talks about various different topics. What is cancer? Understanding your enemy. Uh, you know, a caring for the caregiver that will basically unpack this, in some cases, complicated conversation with regard to practical insight and information. We have some of our doctors, and clinicians that actually present information so that we can kind of add some clarity to terms and language, metastasism, et cetera, et cetera. Things that just are not part of our daily lexicon that will hopefully remove some of the fear around this conversation. And then we dig into some real uh, practical elements that you can do right inside of your local church, uh, big or small, to begin to organize yourself. And so uh, we have a a training manual that uh, will be emailed to you, a participant's guide. We have a ton of uh, online resources that you will be able to make available that you can use to help create posters, uh, inserts in your bulletins. We've done all of the heavy lifting for you. We even have a logo maker that can take your local church Hmm. and associate it with the Our Journey of Hope uh, moniker and logo so that you can put that on hats, T-shirts, et cetera, et cetera. We've now trained well over 3000 churches uh internationally That's at this amazing. point. That's uh, amazing. I it love it. It really yeah. is.
0: Yeah, so uh does, does everybody come together then as a group uh wh- whoever in the church wants to be a part of this and sit down together uh to participate in these two half-day sessions?
1: No, we ask that you would uh send two representatives from your local church that w- it's essentially we are training the trainer and I then get it. you okay. go, you go back to your local congregation with all of the training materials so that you can start recruitment of your team. This is aimed at leaders. Yes, and then you will develop individuals inside of your local church who are interested in being part of a cancer care ministry, and you'll be really surprised how many people who are either former cancer patients or caregivers of cancer patients, and in some cases you may have people inside of your local congregation who's part of the healthcare community, a nurse. Yeah, yeah, and they'll say, yeah, I'd love I would love to do something like that. So, yeah, it's designed to uh, train the trainer. And then we send that individual out. We commission you and then we send you back to your local congregation. And then you become uh, the leader of your group or whoever you determine to be that with the endorsement of your local pastor. We are not expecting pastors to lead Mm, this ministry. There's not one more
0: thing to lay on the pastor, is it?
1: The only thing we want the pastor to do is to publicly and verbally endorse this is the ministry that we're starting in our church and the value and the importance of it. And Wayne, as you know, we have interviewed a few people on this show about our spiritual leaders inside of our local churches mm-hmm. who have been impacted by cancer. And, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, the pros and cons of should they say something? Should they not say something? How should people react to their pastor. Well, again, we need the local pastor to embrace the vision and then to verbalize and endorse it. And then you then appoint someone who will basically uh, lead the group uh, and then go and build that and start servicing people within your local church and in your local community.
0: All right. How do I sign up? It's all free. That's amazing to me that this is done gratis.
1: You know we've we've been able to maintain that status now for you know what 18 years or however long we've been doing this and thank God that our sponsor you know Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, pays for all of the resources and all of the behind uh, support that you know the website to maintain that and to design all of the material. Uh, again, the way that you can access first and foremost to register for one of our free online trainings is go to our Journey of Hope com. It can be all one word, all okay. lowercase, ourjourneyofhope.com. And you can go to our website, look for register uh, at the top right hand button. You can see some of the uh, basic things on the uh, website. But all of the juicy stuff, all of the great resources (laughs) are reserved for those who attend and graduate from one of our training sessions. And again, it is all
0: free of charge. Well, the Lord has used you to uh, create this project, and it's such a helpful one. It's been going for many years and now is available to so many more because, you know, I think more people can participate if they don't have to travel and be a part yeah, exactly. of exactly yeah
1: yeah so we encourage people all you have to do is get on zoom and at this point if you haven't had practice on zoom I'm, <laughs> you know what rock have you been living under <laughs> you know uh zoom should be pretty proficient to all of us at this point so all you have to do is jump online and everything will be presented to you uh with regard to those dates so go to ourjourneyofhope.com look for register and sign up to two, two uh, representatives from each local church please and uh, attend,
0: and, uh, and you will be blessed, and your life will be changed. I can assure you of that. Fantastic. And a good way to, uh, to follow up is to download our free resource, Cancer Care Ministry in Your Church. You can do that at the website healthhopeandinspiration.com. And in our program notes, we'll have this information as well. If you uh, can't remember that website that Percy gave, it'll be in the program notes at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, when you go to the website, answer the question of the week, and let's close with Scripture. Well, we're going to close the way we began.
1: And with that, we uh, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verses 23 through 25. And now the scripture will come alive to you of the posture, the position, the disposition of the local body of Christ in supporting one another. Let us first hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Uh, Pastor Danny, uh, Reverend Danny talked a lot about holding on to his faith Mm -hmm. and believing God was going to be with him and trust him. Well, we need some help sometimes to do that let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Verse 24, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. We should be stirring each other up to the things that God has said to us about us and for us, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching today. We are the body of Christ and the body of Christ should be supportive and uplifting one another with regard to uh, the challenges that we face. If we can't go to our local church and if we can't find refuge there, where can we go? And so we can do better and be better as a local body of people today be encouraged that God wants to use you to stir up someone in their most holy faith and to encourage them. But until you have the right words and the, and the precise things that should, should be said and done, uh, sometimes we feel inhibited in doing so. So our journey of hope, free training, uh, will apply and prepare you in a way that you can go out and you can bless someone inside of your local church who may be having a difficult, tough time with a cancer journey.
0: Such a great program. Ourjourneyofhope.com for more information. All right, I'm thankful for Reverend Daniel Horton for being our guest today. And I'm always thankful for you, Pastor P. Percy McCray. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Love you, Reverend Daniel. And love you too, Wayne. And remember everyone, we've got work to do. So let's keep chopping the wood. God bless. Join us next time for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources. Or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.